I am the bow that launches my children into this world. The stronger I am, the further they will go. Author unknown. Strikers, how are we launching our children into the world? Let's find out next on the Mighty Anvil. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished from sin. And when my life is over and the fires of my life are all quenched, Grant me a home in heaven. Amen. Amen. Hey, Strikers, welcome to The Brushing, and welcome to a special episode of The Mighty Anvil. Uh, This episode is just me and my dad. Alan gets to take the weekend off, and he'll be doing the same with his dad in a couple weeks, so you'll get to hear uh, who made us and the fathers. So, in The Brushing, we have ELC events. We have uh, She Gathering, October 21st, and She Time, October 22nd. So, guys, if you're able to, get up there and uh, serve the ladies of the house. Uh, Grace Point Family Church events. We have October 13th, Wednesday night, is live on Facebook night. Get to connect with the pastors. October 23rd, night of worship and baptisms at Grace Place in Anna. October 31st, Shine Your Light, Candy Palooza. Come dressed in your favorite costume, family-friendly, nothing's too scary, and uh, leave with a ton of candy. Uh, Last but not least, guys, strikers, uh, questions or comments, email us at mightyanvilpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at mightyanvilpodcast. Like, subscribe, help us out, see where we can go with this. All right, guys, uh, let's get on with the show. Welcome to uh, The Mighty Anvil. So today, uh, in introducing the guest that we have, it's uh, it's someone that, uh, well, has had a huge impact in my life and actually made me who I am in more ways than one. He's taught me how to be a dad. He's, uh, there's a lot of commonalities, and uh, it's fun to uh, see me as I go through life, whenever I cough, sneeze, or say a word, I hear him in it. Uh, today we get to to talk with my dad and, and everything that he's, and how he made me. So, um, welcome to the podcast, Mike Bailey. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's nice to be here. You know, it's uh, funny that, uh, I, it's a story that I tell, I think it's pretty cool, that you were born on March 22nd, and... Uh, I was born on March 22nd. I always wondered what that was like for a dad, and we'll get into that later, but what it's like to have a child born on your birthday. I kind of had an almost almost had an idea what that was going to be like. Uh, my daughter was supposed to be uh, Alyssa. She was supposed to be born on March 22nd, but, you know, women, they, they want their own day, so we gave it to her. She's uh, March 20th, but uh, I always thought that was cool. Some of the, my favorite memories that I've had, that sticks with me is uh, you and I walking around Six Flags wearing the same shoes. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to get emotional today. I don't know why. <laughs> but anyway, 
Mike, uh, my dad, I'm going to call him dad for you guys that were listening. His name's Mike. Uh, my first name's Mike. I was named after him. Uh, I consider that an honor and, uh, well, let's get, st- get let's get going. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, that kind of thing. Well, I'm a true Texan, although I live in Oklahoma now. Hmm, we have to reconsider some uh, things there. Born at St. Paul's <laughs> Hospital, downtown Dallas. Nice. Uh, actually, uh, was raised, uh, in several places, uh, but my memories, uh, always go back to, uh, Farmer's Branch and, and, uh, my high, my elementary days, uh, junior high and high school days with Carrollton. Uh, a lot of growing up there, not knowing exactly who was in control. I always thought I was. Hmm. But now I know better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might take us a little while to get there, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, always been a uh, self-starter in a lot of things because I didn't have older brothers or sisters. Uh, had younger uh, brothers that uh, was not really uh, uh, something that we played around together or anything like that. They were like five and six years difference in our age, so I pretty much uh, uh, was you, a you free, would get, you freelancer. You were getting in trouble, wouldn't you? I was, you I was always getting in trouble because I thought I was in control. <laughs> and everything I was doing, I thought, yeah, this is the way you do it because I didn't have any real leadership uh, my dad uh, is not my biological dad, but I consider him uh, to be my father because he raised me from four years until uh, his death, and I learned so much from him. Uh, and who was that? Uh, Ted Bailey. Ted T.K. Bailey. Bailey yep. is. Uh, he uh, had to put up a lot. The very first time that uh, my mom invited him to come over and meet who I was, we were actually living in the projects in North Dallas. Really? Uh, and what, and, okay, it so. was like a little, uh, you had four uh, little uh, rooms uh, in this apartment type thing, and yeah. you had a family in each one. You had one bedroom, you had a, a kitchen with a living room in it, and that was it. Out of curiosity, when you say North Dallas, uh, where where would, like, cross streets, where's the nearest biggest intersection? Oh, I, I don't remember. that. I know that I was really close to uh, uh, where they put, uh, oh, young uh, offenders. Yeah. They get into trouble all the time. Okay. Uh, we we lived with about four blocks there, and my my mama said, "If you don't straighten up, this is where you're going." <laughs> we're we're just right around the corner. Just right around the corner. It was <laughs> was the one for Dallas, all of Dallas County. I, it's uh, it was something else, but uh, I always didn't want to go there. And uh, when my dad decided, well, get back to my dad when he first met me, I bit his ear. I almost bit it off. <laughs> I don't ask me why, because I wasn't old enough to remember, but uh, it drew blood. And my mom told me, she said she was afraid that she, he was never going to come back. But uh, he did. <clears throat> and he had a lot to work with there, because I'd already been in a lot of trouble. Uh, at four? At four. I really was. 
Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, dis, I, I, from what I know of you, uh, I'm sure that you were more than two or three handfuls, absolutely. Well, my mother just, she had to love me really uh, beyond any measure of anything because uh, uh, she put up with a lot. She held me accountable, though. That's important. Uh, which was very important. That's what kept me from really being in trouble. And then my dad, uh, whom she married, uh, and adopted me, gave me his name. Yeah. So uh, he worked very hard at holding me accountable. He liked to use the belt, and that worked very well. <laughs> Did it? Uh, it worked very well. Uh, I would, uh, I don't know why they don't do it now, but uh, I recommend that uh, there are times when that, that uh, what does it corporal say? punishment is, is needed. Uh, he did it like I did. You get the mm. person's attention. Yes, uh, yes, you do. Yes, you <laughs> you do. get their attention, then you talk to them about why they are in trouble. So anyway, I learned that from my dad. Oh, so I have him to thank, huh? Yes. <laughs> More than that, other than the fact that I grew up, went to high school, went to college for a couple of years, and uh, went into the service, uh, served in uh, Vietnam. I uh, came back and went back to school at North Texas. Spent, that's where I spent the two years and uh, worked in aircraft, which I really, really loved. I love uh, math. I love uh, engineering. And uh, uh, that was the, probably the best uh, learning experience. What was that, LTV? Yeah, it was LTV in Grand Prairie. Nice. I uh, worked at uh, General Dynamics, worked at Bell Helicopter. Worked at uh, uh, in Greenville. Uh, so just because uh, I tend to tell stories of the way that I remember things, did you do anything with the space shuttle? Was there any? Oh yeah, I uh, was part of a team that uh, built the uh, uh, the uh, structure for to put to build the uh, space shuttle together. Nice. Uh, it's all made out of aluminum, and uh, and worked on it for about three years. So I really have to be able to enjoy that. So that was just a, a piece. A piece of it. A piece of it. Piece of history. So with the uh, Mighty Anvil, uh, we are core value led, and so one of the things that we do, we like to have our guests tell us a little bit about their core values. And uh, so, what are what are yours that speak to you the most? Well, I, I put some here, and it's because I'm ever-growing and, and probably ever-changing. Uh, my core values growing up changed quite a few times. But where I am now has been for about uh, the past 30 to 40 years. Uh, the number one is Christian values and serving. So when you say Christian values, uh, expand on that a little bit. What does that mean? Well, you have to listen. You you have to read your Bible to understand Scripture, and Scripture tells you how you should lead lead your life. Uh, you know, people say that there's not a book. Uh, like they don't give me a book on how to uh, live life or how to parent or anything like that. And that's not really the case, is it? It actually is. There's there's things in there, lessons to be learned uh, that goes to the test of time in the Bible to teach you those things. It is a it it's is a, a history book. For... Uh, it's not only a history book. It's uh, uh, a place to learn to uh, 
grow your own life. Uh, but I think mainly it's to be able to understand what's going on in this world, whether it's back 50 years ago or it's right now or what it's going to be like in the future. It never changes. The Bible never, never changes. I push it, back on that a little bit. What it, was, what it was good for the people as it was being written by history, by mm-hmm. people who actually served it and understood who God was, and then later who Jesus was. Uh, so when you say it never changes, and I say that it pushes, I'd push back up. The values yeah. of what the Bible tells you how to live your life. Yeah. And you can go with the core values of the Ten Commandments. Right. Right there. It, it was good a, then. It's a living word, though. Right? It's a living word. So it kind of changes a little bit. No, but it, no, no, no changes. No, no changes? changes? No. Okay. People try to change it. No. The Word of God never changes. No, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I uh, guess where I was going with it was a different... Uh, it's it, Where you're probably going with a lot of people go good people, uh, people who want to try to turn it around, hypocrites, whatever. Oh, no, no, that's, whatever. Not, that's not what they I'm saying. They want to take that Word and use it to today's yeah. values. And that never changes from God. God I, guess, I guess where I was going with it is kind of uh, it... It's a living word, right? It 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 if as long as you're in connection with it and and in relationship with God, that word doesn't it doesn't it, it's still it's still it's still rele- uh, relevant and it still works to where it did back then to here. But to an individual, you can read a scripture one year and a couple years later, it could mean something oh, else. Oh, most definitely. To you, so. I have read different uh, parts of the Bible and and memorized scripture in the past. Uh, I have a hard time recalling where that scripture is anymore, <laughs> but I know too. what it is. I understand it. It it never dies. Right. It means what it means, and different people or have different walks of life. They understand. I have read certain scripture, and I can't bring it up to you right now. It'll come up when when you're not thinking about it. When I'm not that, thinking that, about that it, memory, or somebody will bring it up. But I understand it one way as a youth. I understood it differently when I became uh, more uh, in tune with Scripture and the Lord before I actually understood what being uh, in a relationship with the Lord. Uh, and it's different. Mm-hmm. When you start to become, become uh, or having a relationship with the Lord, you understand scripture a little bit, a little bit differently. So, speaking of uh, scriptures, what's your core scripture? Uh, my my core uh, has developed over the years, but it has settled in on Romans eight. It's the whole Romans eight, not just Romans eight one, two, or three. Every piece of Romans. And I have been studying that with David Jeremiah uh, for the past, with him for the past couple years. But I am a uh, student, or not a student, I can't say that either. Uh, I, my favorite uh, hero in the Bible, human hero, mm-hmm. is, is Paul. And why is what, that? what Paul was 
he was a crucified he crucified Christians. Yeah. He believed it because he was raised that way. Right, right. And then when God changed his heart, he was a disciple that went out and died for Christ. So we and his do. word. Yep. And for somebody to do that coming from where he has been is uh, tremendous. You know, you can come up uh, in a very Christian family and not go through all the the bad things, that tremendously bad things like Paul went through, and then uh, live the life of, of a Christian. But Paul actually took the life of Christians just because they would not... Uh, backtrack and say, no, I'm not a Christian. So what's the over the umbrella uh, message in Romans 8? Uh, it, 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 it really, it's life through the Spirit. Okay. That's what I, when you asked, I couldn't come up with anything but that. It's how you live your life, uh, a Christian life. Gotcha. What, what you're going to go through and how you uh, develop that that love because God loved us first. We must love all, mm-hmm. no matter what they are, what they've done. Uh, that's the only way you're going to turn them. If for people who are bad, you've got to love them. Yeah, you got to love them where they are, where they're at. Um, where they're, yeah. And you can't force them. Like, you don't want anybody to force you to do something. Well, you have to love the people, but you can hate the sin. Yep. And what is it? Love the love the sinner, not the sin. That's right. Right on. Hey, so uh, strikers, let's go take a break and pay some bills, and uh, when we get back, we'll uh, lessons learned from uh, my dad, Mike Bailey. We'll be right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcasts the weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. And we're back. Welcome, Strikers. Hey, so uh, today I get the pleasure of speaking with my dad and uh, learning some things um, that maybe we've never had a talk about, but uh, he's definitely demonstrated them in his life. And kind of wanted to um, start off uh, the questioning by who taught you how to be a dad or who taught you how to be a father? Well, I had two people. Uh, One of them was my dad. Uh, he was my biological dad, but he was my dad. Uh, he taught me, uh, because I was his first son, the hard way. As, <laughs> as my two brothers will uh, attest and, and, and give a different view. But I think that uh, when he finally got to my youngest brother, Rob, uh, he was more lenient, uh, more understanding 
of what was going on in life and where young people are coming from, even though he was one young at one age uh, before. So uh, you don't think of that until you have your own kids. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the difference was? What had him change the parenting style as he? Uh... Well, he grew. Uh, he was a Christian. He was a deacon in the church. Uh, taught Sunday school. Uh, understood uh, the Bible. Read the Bible all the time. So I think he grew in life just like I do or anybody else. Uh, as long as you have that personal relationship with the Lord you're going to continue to learn and understand. Uh, you're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect till we go to heaven. Uh, the only other perfect uh, person that was on life was Jesus. I think I'm now, Dad. I think I'm pretty close to it right now. Oh, you, you know, no? 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 Okay. All right. <laughs> let's, let's talk to your kids. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll talk to them. Yeah. But uh, the other person was uh, Press Halstead. Really? Uh when my biological dad left my mom and I, uh, my aunt, which was her sister. That was Gladys, right? Huh? That was Aunt Gladys. Aunt Gladys. Right, okay. And uh, they wanted to adopt me. And I stayed over there a lot. They, they took care of me a lot because my mom had to work and, and do a lot of different things. So uh, she was constantly working, trying to make, make a living to pay the bills. And, you know, Press uh, was a great example of uh, a young man who was raised in Nebraska in, in a, with a dirt floor. Really? Yeah. Wow. And his dad was a furniture maker. They moved to Dallas, had a fur made furniture, and, and my uncle made that work hard, hard, hard. He was a hard worker. And his belief was... Uh, always treat people with respect. Yeah, I agree. No with that. matter who they are or what, just treat them with the respect that you, how you would want to be treated. So he taught me a lot about uh, how to be honest, because I was somebody learning on my own and and learning on your own. You you lie, you fib, you cheat. Uh, you do things you're not supposed to. As a young person, it's it's little, but it's going to grow into something big if you don't change. Yeah. And press uh, helped change me. Uh, my dad, Ted, uh, always held me accountable for my actions, whether how I talk to my mother or talk to him or anybody else, I would be punished. Did you ever get lippy with uh, Grandma and Papa? Did I ever get a what? Lippy. Did you ever talk back to him? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll never <laughs> forget the time I stuck my tongue out my mother one time. Oh, my. My face hurt for a week. She slapped me so hard, I think my tongue <laughs> twirled around in my mouth. I couldn't find it for a while. So I never stuck my tongue at my mother again. <laughs> Lesson learned then. At least you yes. didn't take a couple my laps mother, around there. My mother knew how to take care of me. She was raised with a family of 12. And uh, she had some, She was the youngest. So she got the 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 brunt of the jokes and the, and the uh, rough treatment. You know, you had uh, mentioned, and I was a little surprised that you mentioned press uh if when you first said that i had two two role models 
I would I would have made the assumption about your grandfather and going down to the farm and that kind of thing. Well, he he was uh, he was a rascal himself. So uh, uh, no, he he taught me a whole lot about ranching, farming. I had uh, uncles that taught me farming. Uh, rode on a combine that all I had was a little seat in the wheel. Didn't have a cabin. Wasn't air conditioned, and the danger was. Was right real? there. Yeah, you, you make a slip and fall off. You was part of that combine. Was this grandfather, Grandpa Huffines? Huffines, yeah. And so, just kind of going back in some history, uh, I think you and I discussed this a couple of weeks ago. I asked that it's a story that I tell that it's kind of you know I don't know proud, kind of cool that there's a park in Richardson, Texas called Huffines Park. Right. There was uh, my grandfather was a Huffines, and he was the only child of. Of, of that Huffines that had an H in it. Okay. My grandmother was a Huffines that uh, did not have the H in it, okay. which is the uh, the ones that most people will know, uh, relate to as With far the as the car, car dealerships, dealerships and stuff concerned. like that. They did not like my granddad. <laughs> no? He was spoiled. As you he, said, he was a rascal. Huh? And he was a rascal. He did a lot of things that uh, shouldn't have been. So anyhow... Uh, but he was always good to me. Uh, my grandmother and granddad, Huffines, uh, I spent many summers down there on the ranch learning and teaching, and he taught me how to drive a uh, stick pickup truck on a hill. Oh, where, where's the, where was this ranch at? Uh, between Lano and Marble Falls. Okay. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a learning experience there, but during the summertime, I did not get in trouble. <laughs> gotcha. Did not get in trouble. The nearest town was 25 miles away, <laughs> so you only got to visit it on Saturdays. Wow. When we're talking about Grandpa Bailey and press, what were two seeds, from, or what was a seed from each of them that still sticks to you today on, like you had mentioned, press being respectful to everybody, but what were, what was, what were some seeds that stick with you today and how? Well, I think out of both of them was hard work. Okay. When you were went out to work, and I can remember that being a kid, that uh, I didn't throw papers to make money. Uh, I didn't have a have a paper route. Most of the kids did. I mowed yards with a push mower. Oh yeah, I think you had that push mower in the attic there for I a still while too. Ha- I still have that still push mower. It. I still have that oh, push I'm mower. I'm glad I'm not living in this house and getting in trouble. I might be. <laughs> well, able to... it's just a memory to say that. Uh, uh, hard work will get you in good places. And so both of my dad and my uncle taught me that, you know, if somebody paid you for something, even if it was not enough money for what you did, and mowing that yards or some of those yards, uh, it was hard work, and you'd only get a couple of dollars. Okay, so uh, now that I know what that lawnmower means, again, it was a push mower, and we're not talking about It's gas. a real, t- real It's not gas. Push There's no, no gas here. No it's gas. just <laughs> a little blade that goes around the wheels. Yeah, and that's it, right. Yeah, so uh, uh, there is another piece of history in this house that I've requested want to have one day, and that's that clock from uh, Northern Telecom, I think it is. And uh, so now I'm also going to ask, I don't want anything else. I just want those two things. That lawnmower, because <laughs> it, it, it's, a, a, it's a symbol of hard work and, and right. what has been instilled in you. And then that clock, which is the most, 
it, I don't know. It's just beautiful to me. Well, that was grand, Grandpa Huffines had gotten that in uh, – uh... <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. I, I see <laughs> you it. You hear me. <laughs> it's like, uh, where, where's that memory at? It's, yeah, well, it'll come back to you. In... Where's that small town that they were raised in? Richardson. Oh, Richardson. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that small town. Yeah, that's where that clock came off of uh, – off the main building there, when they tore it down, he was able to get that clock. He wanted it. Nice. And then my dad had it for quite a few years, and then uh, he gave that to me. So yeah, I'm uh, sure it will pass I, on down to Scott. I planted that seed a long time ago that yeah. I wanted that clock, and I think that's why it went to you. So uh, that was something that uh, definitely – What um, you know, I mentioned that as I go through life, I will it's, – it's so weird. I'll cough. I'll sneeze. Or uh, I'll say something and I hear your voice. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, I can't explain it. Um, and especially like a sneeze or a cough. It's like, oh, that reminded me of my dad. It's, it's very strange. Could be the, the country twang I have. <laughs> the country twang. What's uh, something that uh, when you go through life and a uh, sentence you say or uh, something that you do that reminds you of, of Papaw Bailey and or uh, Press? Well, uh, you don't have any triggers like that. I think it's 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 it has to be with love. I think that's where I first really understood that no matter what I did, how bad I was, they showed love to me. Yeah, and they didn't. They did. They they never hated me. They were always disappointed. No hate. Right. Just disappointed. And they would show me love uh, to, to, to tell me that uh, no matter what I did, uh, as long as I tried to correct it and not do it again, uh, that love will always be there. What is uh, something that you go through, and as you see your kids, there's three of us, right? There's me, uh, my sister Melissa, and my sister Allison. What is something that uh, you can point to and go, I'm glad that is something that they that they have learned from me? Well, I think one of them, uh, there could be a, a few of them, but I think the main the main one I, I'm, th- I'm coming up with is being judgmental. <laughs> Wait, this was a positive thing here. <laughs> <laughs> don't be judgmental. No, don't be judgmental. Do okay. not be judgmental. Well, that's my. I do that very well, though. So you think that I'm not a judgmental person? Oh, I think you are. <laughs> so I'm not learning that lesson. <laughs> You're learning. You're, I'm, I'm you're doing that. better at it. I'm trying. I'm trying. But uh, you know, God will tell you. You know, you can't. You're not the judge. Right. He is. So, what is something that you uh, see in me that you're proud of? That uh, you know that the way that you raised me it worked. I think I see a lot of love. I also see a lot of understanding. And why we are here. And why we're here. We're here to serve somebody. Gotcha. And to serve and 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 to help other people understand what love is about, how to treat each other, and uh, not be disrespectful. Uh, I think not being disrespectful is is very 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 important. Gotcha. Uh, we must treat each other regardless of how we think of each other, with respect. Uh, if you don't, uh, it's going to be a world of chaos. What about uh, Melissa? What's something that you uh, instilled in her that you're proud of? 
I think with her is uh, uh, she had a little bit of a learning disability when she was young, and she would give up. I had to work. I was very fortunate to be a Mr. Mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever mentioned that other. I, uh, Barbara, my wife, uh, had a very good job. Uh, we both felt like our kids needed a role model to be at home, one of the, either mom or dad, to help them make the right decisions. For Melissa, she would really be upset and, and give up too easily. And I, I tried and, and saw that and worked with her uh, to give her, uh, to know that she was uh, making progress no matter how little it was, mm-hmm. uh, to keep keep one foot in front of the other. You know, you, you can walk a million miles as long as you remember. All you had to do is put that foot, one foot in front of the other. It doesn't have to be speed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to. Uh, it can be going up a rock, down and through the water, whatever you want to do. Uh, just put one foot in front of the other. So what I hear you saying is with Melissa that you hear that she she had a challenge in her she early life. She had a big challenge as a young person. And yeah, was a little young. discouraged at the first, but then uh, something that a dad does is encourages. And Correct. now now you see the, the fruits of that encouragement and how, uh, like, I, I can see her now. It's, you know, she's it's there. She, she's not a quitter, you know. No, and, and she's so, not. That has definitely been instilled with her. So. Well, I try to teach all my kids not to be quitters, to be self-starters. I, I wanted my kids to not rely upon me to learn, but not to rely upon me, to rely upon themselves to make good decisions, uh, not only for themselves, but for the people around them, and uh, to be uh, self-sustainers. And then... It's, it's great for the, for the male aspect of it, but it's really tough for the female aspect of it because when they get married to a man that, that's being taught the same thing, uh, sometimes it's a little hard for the man to understand that they have an equal. <laughs> yes. and, and, and all women are equal to men. Yep. They're, they're not lesser. So as uh, Papa went you know, through some transitions and parenting, knowing that he was uh, probably more strict with you than oh, Uncle Rob. He wouldn't let my mom work. <laughs> he was a believer that she stayed at home. He treated her royalty, but he felt like she needed to stay at home and raise the kids. Oh, that was uh, that's a different. That's a really good point there. Um, and I was going to go back to that with you being Mr. Mom, and uh, but let me let me go back real quick with. Uh, the transition of Papal raising you to where he raised, uh, you know, Uncle Rob, and then how that kind of got a little softer, but more understanding. And under so with you, with me, I'm considerably older than uh, Allison, and through that, I can kind of see the same kind of thing. Where the outside looking in, you were really hard on me, and then I was like, "How does she get away with all this stuff? Seriously." <laughs> But uh, what was what's one thing that you instilled in in an alley that uh, you know that you see now now has built who she is? What's something that I think probably uh, the fact that uh, I never 
really was mad at her when she did things that she wasn't supposed to. I was very disappointed. And I'd let her know that I was disappointed. Not mad, just disappointed. And that she could do better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they were smart enough to kind of pick up on that and eventually get out of the teenage uh, era. But uh, I think I see that they're doing a fan- both girls are doing a fantastic job with the young kids that they have now, knowing that both of them have to work. But they, they do not, there's not a lacking of teaching and loving of those kids. Agreed. Uh, it just, it's unbelievable. And, and Scott, uh, he, you know, same way. I mean, he tried to do, you were trying to do the same thing like everybody else. Uh, You're ruining my story. Kid, I tell everybody that I was perfect growing up, so let's not ruin that here. <laughs> well, every kid is different, and you yeah. can't treat them the same. Yeah. And it, it and when you're working and when both parents are working, it is really hard. But I see that in all three of my kids that they, they try very hard to raise their kids and give them the values that they need to start with, a good foundation. So when they get older, 20s and 30s, they understand. It starts to click in their mind. This is what Dad was trying to say. Yeah, I agree with that. This is what Dad was trying to tell me. He may not have done it right, but he was trying to say that. I said it on the podcast before. It's like, man, when I was in my teens, my dad was not a smart man. But when I turned 30, (laughs) wow, he gained so much wisdom. (laughs) And there's so much truth in there that uh, in that, that statement that, you know, uh, well, not not that you weren't smart back then. It's just the way that we perceived well, and it. Well, it. it has to do, and we don't give him enough credit, and that's God. Yeah. Because that Holy Spirit, once you accept that Holy Spirit in your heart, uh, it's, it's going to let you know. It will let you know whether you're doing right or wrong. And if you choose to continue to go down the wrong path, He's not going to hate you. He's still going to love you more and more and more and try to open the right doors for you to go in. What, um, when, did you, when did you feel the gravity, let's say, of uh, being a father? Like for me, uh, it was, well, it, it was a little bit tampered down a little bit when Tammy said, hey, we're going to have a kid. And I was like, oh, man. But then when uh, I held Alyssa in my arms for the first time, when you know that day that she was born, uh, it really hit home. Like, man, I really, I got to change who I am and the things that I do because I'm, I'm responsible for this life. And I need, what, when was that point for you of like, whoa, it was the same with me. I, I can remember when, when you were born, uh, went to the hospital and your mom was in there and she wasn't going through labor yet. She was starting to, and the nurses said, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. And they said, you you know, where do you live? And I just, maybe five miles from the hospital. And I said, well, that might say, go home and go to sleep. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to well, need it. Well, you're going to need it. So I went home, and by golly, I'd been up for a while, so I was tired from working and everything else. And then I get a call from my mother-in-law. Oh. And she said, you know your wife is in labor? <laughs> She's just about ready to have a baby. 
What a she was so sweet about it, she, yeah, and I know she's where's that where's <laughs> that dirty husband of yours? But no, she was really sweet about it, and I I jumped in some clothes and rushed down there as fast as I could. And no, the baby wasn't born yet, but it was just Scott was just about ready. Were, to, were you like egging it on, like we got to get it in today because this is my birthday? We you know no, there's no there's no, no tomorrow. No, I no? never that never so never never a problem with. No, uh, being born on my birthday was was the furthest thing from my mind. When when it when it was, and we and I think it that really jumped in on first birthday. Yeah, with the elephants. first birth. Oh, it's on. Yeah, it's on my birthday. Yeah, how precious <laughs> was that? Yeah, God had planned that. Yeah, did did that endear you a little bit more to me, or uh, I don't know why? why? No, no, I think that uh, just having a son and. Uh, a child of your own is uh it was enough it, nothing else you know everything else was an icing on the cake yeah so um the joy what kind of do you remember any joyful moments with me or either one of my sisters that like it changed a little bit uh with 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 the girls because uh i was able to go into the labor room yeah oh and you see i couldn't do that with you they wouldn't. They wouldn't let me in there. See, so I, I, I was kind of mixed. Do I want to go in there? Or, you know, she's hollering and screaming. Do I really want to be <laughs> Is the this punching the time bag? I go in there? <laughs> All right, you made me like this. And I and 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 with the girls, uh, had a camera and and you know recorded it. I still have that those recordings of the girls. Oh, right on. Uh, being born and that was that was that was precious in itself, uh, but each. Each uh, birth, uh, from Scott to the girls, was all precious. Uh, nothing, nothing more so than the other. What was the biggest challenge with uh, with us as kids? Making you mind. <laughs> Making me mind. Remember, I have oh, an image to uphold with my no, family, and I was no, perfect. No. No. Why? Why? <laughs> that was the famous word. Why do I need to do this? Okay. Why? Huh. I might be seeing some because uh, I told you so. <laughs> that that line does not work so much anymore. I have no. to give a reason for whatever for whatever reason. Well, that was the way with Allison, our youngest one. She uh, give her, you know, that, that when she, you had to have a full written essay on why before she would not, you know, say you say an essay. I have to write a. Uh, a line by line, uh, a, a legal document with Caden. Like he, he finds every loophole. Well, you didn't say that, and like, I didn't say that. Um, okay, so we're about. He's just now got a car this past weekend. He's driving, and uh, we got to set some rules down, and uh, and it put it on the tables. Like, hey, Caden, if if we don't discuss anything right now, it still applies. We will have to have that discussion later, but it's not because, yeah, there's no loopholes in this. We're just knocking all those out right now. What is um, one thing you wish you had done different as a dad? Well, I, I think that I wished I'd been more patient. Uh, I think being a Mr. Mom helped that somewhat. Uh, it gave me more time uh, versus you mm-hmm. because I had to work. Uh, with you, I didn't spend as much time personally, which I wish I 
had done. Yeah, I'm, I'd be honest with you. I wish I had gotten that, that more time, but I know the situation and where we were, right? So, And it's, it seems like I was, you know, I was putting in hours after hours after hours and come home, fix dinner, wash clothes, do all that kind of stuff because I was, we yeah. were by ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I just had to learn, you know, even before then, uh, you'd have to go to, uh, because your mother and I would be both working. And then she would work even later than I would. You know, you say patience when it comes to patience. I honestly don't know how you had a kid at 24. I mean, it, people do that all the time. But there's, there's no way I was ready in my 20s. To have. Well, I think being in the service uh, gives you patience. Oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, the famous word in the military, especially Marine Corps, is hurry up and wait. You're going to be there an hour or so before you need to perform yeah. to do whatever you got to do. And I learned that to go to work whenever I was at work. I was usually there 45 minutes to an hour preparing myself to start to work at the time that the whistle would blow or it was time to work. Later on, it was different. You didn't have a whistle or a time clock or anything like that. I think that. that was, that's definitely instilled in me. Uh, <laughs> I get to my job 15 minutes to uh, 45 minutes early. And, uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It's just I like to up. prepare myself, and I was taught that in the service, to be prepared be ready to go. I even when playing sports in high school, mm-hmm. you always had to prepare yourself, uh, so you can be ready to do to perform when you were asked to do it. And so, being a parent, uh, you need to do that. You need to prepare, so you need to be early. You need to be there on time. You need to teach your kids to be there on time, not right at. Eight o'clock if everything starts at eight or right. five minutes before because you're not ready. That's one thing you did instill in me. I'm definitely uh, on time where uh, it's pretty funny. Tammy has a different uh, time frame. So we were coming up here to the lake uh, one time. And I remember uh, there was we had to be somewhere on time, right? And I'm driving. I'm driving a little faster than I usually do. And the kid's like, why are you in a hurry, Dad? And I was like, we're running late. He, and they said, are we running your late or mom's late? <laughs> and I said, well, we're running mom's late. And they go, you need to step on it. So, yeah, I was definitely there. And then today as I get here, uh, I think I set it up to have a have the talk with you at 10 o'clock in the morning. And here I am at 9 ready to go. So uh, that was definitely instilled in me as well. You had said uh, patience was something that you wish you had more of. And that I feel like that might have been more towards you raising me than the kids to the girls, because I feel like you, you had more patience at that time. Did you not? No, I think I, I think, I don't think I had more patience. I think I had, I developed uh, a, a sense of not being so urgent with okay. the other two girls where with you, it was, you know, it was urgent yeah. <laughs> and I was in that mode and I had to learn not to be in that mode. You think you learned that from uh, being in the Marines? Uh, the urgency? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, being in sports and being, you know. Uh, and once you yeah. got past that, it was a little bit easier. And it to... takes takes a while to get get that out of out of your system. 
Uh, it took quite a few years for that to get out of my system. Uh, but once it did, it, uh, it definitely made my life better and those around me much better. How has uh, being a dad or a father changed how you react or how you are in situations now as, you know, empty nester, the kids are all grown, but pulling back from father being times that there's like, oh, this, this would apply here. I don't know. Well, I learned, and I think more with the girls, I learned to listen more. Yeah. Uh, not to be impatient uh, and to love more. Uh, to put love more, lo- show more love in my relationship with the kids, uh, which what, with you, I think it was, and I think it was because you're a boy. I had to be stronger with you than mm-hmm. I would be with a girl. You know, it's interesting you say that. And to me, I've in today's society, uh, and I, and this is probably wrong, but I feel like I wanted to raise both my kids the same way and. And it should be. I, I don't think there's any difference. You don't think there's any difference? I, I don't think there's any difference. Uh, there is a physical difference between a girl and a boy. Mm-hmm. And mentally, uh, probably uh, more sensitive the girls are. Yeah. I think the boys are the same sensitive when they're young. And I think we raise them to be not as sensitive. Gotcha. And so when they get to be teenagers, uh, we make it harder for the boys than we do for the girls. Hmm. Yeah, I was always thinking if my daughter's got to go into the workforce just like my son, I want that the same, um, same core values. Oh, sure. Or you know, Most same work ethics. Uh, but I, it is interesting that I don't know if it's the times that are changing that we need to be a little bit more uh, a little. I think we're moving less sensitive to. The girls are, or do they still need that? I don't know. That's a tough question there. We won't. That's a tough one. That's, that's a political question as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Woke. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. We will probably cut that one part yeah, out. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, we've been here for an hour. Uh, these conversations go back pretty quick, don't they? Sure. That's it. It was painless, right? Yeah. I, I think that I, I wrote down here to be more consistent. Okay, so yeah, well, let's kind of wrap it up with you know what is some takeaways, because you know, I think I mentioned a while ago that this podcast is to help others in their walk, and then where they are at right now. And I know that some fathers are like, "How do I get through this moment with my kids?" So, what are some things that you kind of wrapping things up? What would you want those dads to know? And uh, and finishing up with a statement that you had just made. Well, the world is a different world now. Uh, the younger kids are learning quicker, uh, different things that you would not have known when you were, until you were 20 years old. But kids that are 10, 8, 9, they know it already. So for me to come from back in the day to now, With dinosaurs? I know I, it's a big difference. Yeah. And I don't know how I would handle it. All I know is love you have to love mm-hmm. you have to understand and you have to hold uh, accountability i don't think you can get by with anything without holding people accountable for what they do what they say 
how, especially in, in social media. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy. Well, in my time, it was so easy to pick up a telephone, call your girlfriend and says, well, I'm going to not go out with you anymore. Now they posted. <laughs> and you don't know about it. All your friends know about it before you do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's not right. No. And, and, and it, we're not telling or teaching our children uh, that's not right. You know, so, uh, you bring this up, uh, an interesting question came up. The generation now that was born with social media and them being raised through social media, do you think that their outlook in the future will differ? Like, I know what I did with social media, so I am going to keep you from doing that or maybe No, easy- I think social media is great. It teaches you to communicate with people. Now, if you do it over, over the phone, and you're not having that eye-to-eye contact, yeah, it doesn't mean the same. Agreed. You don't understand what the other person's saying or doing. It's so easy to criticize somebody over the phone or over the uh, internet or the web system <laughs> yeah. than it is to approach them one-on-one. And... That's the only difference that I I see that's really detrimental to uh, to social media. Yeah, it definitely does need to be balanced out a little bit. Well, as uh, we wrap up, one of our traditions or things that we request is having our guest pray us out. So if you would give us, uh, Strikers, the honor of praying us out. Okay, sure will. Well, our precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you do in our lives, the opportunity to serve you. Uh, all that you, you, you love us and we should love all those others that are different from us. Uh, we need to not accept sinful nature just because of the times, just because we don't want to rough feathers, just because we don't want other people to say bad things about us. If we stand true for the Bible and the Lord and his word, uh, no one can hurt us. No one. And we just need to stand strong with you. We give you love. We give you the, the, uh, the space. I want you by my side. I want you in front of me. I want you behind me to pick me up when I fall. Uh, be with Scott and his podcast and his friends that come and, and talk uh, that we may uh, uh, help others that are having questions about uh, life situations. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.